raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. W236CR Indianapolis, keeping you informed with what's happening in and around Indy. It's Community Connection, brought to you by Child Advocates, your voice, their future. On Praise AM 1310, 95.1 FM. And good afternoon and welcome to Community Connection. I am Tina Cosby. Today is Monday, October the 30th. Happy birthday, Mama Marty. Um, On the show today, Election Day is one week from tomorrow. Uh, Today, uh, Julia Vaughn, Executive Director of Common Cause Indiana and our voter education contributor, joins us with everything you need to know as we count down the final few days. That's coming up in our second hour. The countdown to Election Day uh, continues right now. We can catch up from the weekend, 317-239-1310, 317-239-1310. Phone lines are open. Um, a bit of late breaking news uh, about mid-morning uh, with local implications, of course, as always. Uh, United Auto Workers strike. Um, this is the real, you know, there have been a couple of starts and stops and starts and stops, but this appears to be the real deal. It appears to be uh, drawing to an end. Um, reports this morning indicate uh, that a tentative deal has been struck uh, between the UAD, <laughs> excuse me, UAW uh, and GM. General Motors, of GM, of course, being the last of the big three, Ford and Stellantis being the other two, the last of the big three to come into agreement uh, with uh, the... uh, yeah, not yeah. G, with the uh, with the union, um, although the exact details of that tentative four-year deal have uh, not yet been revealed, um, it's believed that wage bumps, job security, cost of living increases are believed to have been um, agreed upon. Uh, so, uh, some good news uh, that's there. The not so good news here at home. Uh, since we were last here, of course, um, as the city of Indianapolis recorded yet another mass shooting over the weekend. Uh, this time, a 16-year-old girl, a 16-year-old, a teenager, shot and killed. Uh, nine others between the ages of 16 and 21. Again, nine other people between the ages of 16 and 21, all young, uh, were wounded by gunfire at a Halloween party. Uh, Apparently more than 100 people uh, were there. It was at a uh, business uh, in the 5100 block of East 65th Street. That's just off of uh, Benford Boulevard. Uh, Happened... um, just after just after midnight Saturday, so early, early, early Sunday morning. Um, 
police, I understand. I didn't get a timing. I didn't get a time on that. But my understanding is that uh, IMPD, the chief, and some other officials uh, are going to uh, give a live update on that. Sky, I didn't get the details. Maybe we can go to that uh, if we can find it live. I just didn't get the time. Uh, but I'll look. But anyway, um, here's here's some of the coverage uh, from over the weekend from our news gathering partners at Fox 59. Take a listen. IMPD investigators tell me that the location of last night's Halloween party in the 5100 block of East 65th Street was a well-kept secret until about 9 p.m. when the promoter released the details on a private Snapchat. Yeah, um, it looks like the update is taking place right now. Um, uh, Deputy Chief of Investigations, Kendale, or Chief of Investigations, Kendale Adams, is uh, is at the podium right now. We'll get back to that uh, that report in just a moment. But uh, Chief Adams, Kendale Adams, is uh, is at the podium right now. Um, we uh, let's see. Yeah, they're live uh, speaking about this. Uh, uh, it looks like uh, I went to the uh, sky. I went to the um, uh, looks like the website of all of the local stations must be carrying it. Um, I don't think CNN would have. I don't think so. So we would probably need to go to either Fox, uh, Wish, or uh, THR or CBS Four. Okay. Anyway. Um, uh, they are, let's see what they're doing here. Um, yep, they're just walking. Sky, don't worry about it. Looks like they, uh, they've already done it. They probably took care of everything right before uh, we got here. Uh, so no, no worries, no problem. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it looks like they, uh, they gave a quick update, uh, keeping the community uh, involved. Um, and uh, letting us all know what's going on. That one, that's uh, the, the, the tragic, uh, absolutely tragic. And uh, we'll see. Uh, Sky, while we're uh, while we're re let's go ahead and try to play uh, if we can that um, that's that that coverage from earlier this week, and then we'll get a, an update for everyone on what uh, what just transpired a few moments ago. Can we go ahead and play that? IMPD investigators tell me that the location of last night's Halloween party in the 5100 block of East 65th Street was a well-kept secret until about 9 p.m. when the promoter released the details on a private Snapchat app. It was chaos as hundreds of partygoers spilled out of this office park complex, many in Halloween garb, some as young as 12 years old when there was gunfire after 1 a.m. Terrell Sword's grandfather says the 16-year-old Lawrence North football player was wounded by that gunfire. My grandson suffered a gunshot wound to his leg, uh, his bone, and his vein was ruptured, so they're trying to keep the blood flow going in in his legs so he won't have a backup. Young people overwhelmingly from Lawrence and the north side of Indianapolis attended the party which drew the attention of passing IMPD officers who were observing and developing a plan to shut it down when they heard the gunshots. IMPD hasn't had much success in convincing the attendees to tell them what they know but investigators say they'd like to confirm what Andrew Holmes and social media chatter says about how the shootings occurred. I understand that an individual wanted to get in with a ski mask and they didn't want him in there with the ski mask on, nobody with a ski mask on. Uh, understand that this individual uh, left, came back 
and discharge that weapon. Police found six weapons at the scene, shell casings from four different calibers of guns, and a 16-year-old girl shot to death just inside the front door who wasn't necessarily targeted. She was just closest to a shooter. IMPD patrol officers returned to the scene to meet with the owner's representative today, who told me and IMPD confirmed that there was no private security inside the party when the shooting occurred. The owner has requested off-duty IMPD officers secure his site overnight tonight as the shooting of several teenagers early this morning pushes IMPD's tally of wounded juveniles well above 60 for the year. This is just a weekend in the city of Indianapolis. To compound the tragedy, Terrell Sword's mother, Tamara, was shot to death outside of a bar on Lafayette Road in 2015, leading her father, who is Terrell's grandfather, Andrew Holmes, to come to Indianapolis to lead a vigil for his slain daughter. In the newsroom, Russ McQuaid. Yeah, and so that was uh, some of the coverage uh, from this weekend as... Um as I was saying, just as we were speaking, as we were walking in, um, it looked like uh, uh, Deputy Chief Adams, uh, Chief of Police uh, Randall Taylor, uh, and others um, had given a very brief, uh, very, very brief uh, update um, on this particular situation. Um, 317-239-1310. I don't. I don't know. I, I don't know. There There's so many elements uh, with this one. And again, as soon as we can find out what, you know, what Chief Taylor said, what Chief uh, uh, Chief Adams said and others, uh, I will get that to you. But um, the investigation obviously is continuing. Uh, gun violence in the city of Indianapolis is, is you know, there, there was just another shooting um, not too long ago uh, that was just reported. Um, th this is the, the concept of young people going to a party, a Halloween party, no doubt, having a, this is stuff young people have been doing for decades, for, for a long time. Uh, having a nice time and going home safely is becoming more and more remote. You know, we're all being held hostage to this this gun violence. I mean, you heard um, the, 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 the shooting uh, that killed 18 in Lewiston, Maine, uh, where a whole city, a whole city was shut down. You couldn't even buy, the, the reporters were saying you couldn't even buy a, a hamburger at McDonald's due to gun violence. Somebody walking around with a gun who didn't like something that happened, and so they decided to just take control of the situation. And from all indications, this young person uh, was uh, not pleased with the fact that, that they would not be admitted uh, based on what the rules were for admittance to the party and decided to come back and, and, and just, just hurt everybody. Uh, that's, I don't know, is that a gun violence? Pro I, I, I don't know. He, access to a gun, obviously, but anyway, 317 um, 317-239-1310. 317-239-1310. Lynn, go ahead. How are you? Hi, Lynn. It's, it's good talking to you, and I love listening to you. You know, well, thank you. um, can you hear me okay? Yes, I can. I can. Thank you. Okay. Okay. A couple of things here. You know, there's mental illness. You know, when we hear about all these shootings across the country and, and these individuals are going into stores and schools and malls and they're just shooting, okay? And they're adults. Mm -hmm. But we're talking about children now. Mm -hmm. And 12, 13 years old, these are junior high kids, kids just going, entering high school, 
Well, no, they're not. At, not at 12 and 13, but they're junior high and middle school kids. There's something going on in these schools, the bullying, the harassment, the teasing. And my question is, at 1 o'clock in the morning, why were they still there? Aren't there curfews anymore? Um, you know, back in the day, I think our curfew was like, what, 9 or 10 o'clock? If we well, here, here, here's another question. What's a 12-year-old doing out at 1 o'clock in the morning? Where was the parent? Exactly. So, exactly. It, you know, the curfews, and the curfews that can child, be. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. That child came with a ski mask over his head. Yes. Okay, they're not allowed. Mm -hmm. Understandable. But he came there with a vengeance on someone. Well, and my understanding was from just the report is that he was told he could not enter with a ski mask. And so he left and then came back. And came back. So he was not he was not at all pleased that he was told he had to do something he did not want to do. So therefore, exactly. I'm just going to. But that's that's not. But anyway, go ahead. Go ahead and finish your thought. But I'm thinking maybe he had the gun maybe on him, but he left as if to say, OK, I can't wear the mask. I'll go take it off. But I'm coming back. OK, maybe. But he still carried out what he wanted to do. And the fact is, is that these kids, this is what they're doing. They're going to these parties, and they're letting out revenge on whomever they're trying to get to or whomever or whatever the, 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 the situation is. But it would not surprise me, Tina, if, if there's bullying and harassment and teasing, because these kids are too young. It's something I think is coming from our schools that these kids are carrying outside mm -hmm. of the school, of course, mm -hmm. and now they're going to these parties where they know everybody. Mm -hmm. Their enemy might be at this party. I mean, I, you know what? Here, here's the problem I have with that part of it. Not, not, and, and, and you, you make a good point. Bullying in schools has been going on for a long time as well. I have a problem with the social media aspect with this because there, what social media has played a huge role in this bullying, uh, a huge role in the gathering of these parties. Um, you know, as they were saying in the report, the organizer, the promoter didn't even let everyone, everyone was looking for where this party was going to be, and they weren't able to even find out until a few hours before, and then it was released on social media. And so a lot of this has to do with, I think, social media, where bullying is that, that that's a breeding ground for bullying right yeah. and and access uh, unbelievable access to to guns that that should not be that's where i i think the problem I, I don't know about the schools i mean the schools i think schools are a little bit overloaded and and probably a lot gets dumped on their plates and things of that nature and i think they handle and do as much as they can possibly do maybe some do more maybe some do less i don't know but i really circle back to a lot of the social media, um, a, a, a lot of the access to guns, and just parenting in general. I just can't imagine why any parent would allow a 12-year-old to be out at a party with over 100 people at 1 o'clock in the morning. Well, you know, Tina, our parents aren't parenting nowadays. Well, kids. but I can't, I can't blame that on the school. No, 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 yeah, I don't blame that part on the school, but what I'm saying is that if these kids are having parties, 
and there's already issues with some of these group of kids that are going to the parties, they're going to carry out these fights or have-use at the party. They're these... not, if they want a vengeance against someone, they're going to do it possibly outside of the school, maybe. Who knows? But these and... beefs, so many of these beefs are born and live on social media where these kids yeah. live. That's the lane where a lot of these young people live. They, they, they simply are immersed in that culture. Well, at that young of an age... Yes, at that young of an age, yeah. They got a cell phone, right? Right. But no one should be still out at 1 o'clock in the morning. No, no. And and where was the curfew? Where was well, the parents? No chaperone. Yeah, chaperone, parents, security, uh, you know, curfew. Uh, curfews are only as effective as, you know, we. I, th there was a curfew when I was growing up, too, but the police didn't oh, yeah. enforce it. My parents enforced it. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, you know, what's a curfew going to do if, you know, if who it's meant for? The parents, my parents told me this is the curfew. This is when you need to be home in advance of it. After that, you know, boom, it's over. Well, you know, but No. Huh? At that young of an age, at that young of an age, who rented the facility? Who, who put down? There's, the there's, there's a lot, there's a lot there to unpack. The problem is, yeah. it's all a breeding ground for this gun violence that just is, is out of control. And um, I, I don't know where it start. I don't know where it all ends because the, the, some of these, these young people, you can't tell them no. Can't Whatever happened to respect for the rules and respect for authority, respect for the party. Somebody's having a party. This is so-and-so's party. Okay, well, let's, let's, you know, let's all have a nice time. Let's not start any mess. Let's just go, you know, we don't like it. Go. What happened to that? Right. Where is that? Yeah. And, the other, and then, well, I'm just going to come and just take some folks with me then, you know, if y'all don't like that. Yeah. There's something wrong with that mindset. And it used to be back even when I was in junior high, Tina, if we had a party, it was just for, like, people in our class or the close friends. It wasn't all over the city and other schools came. It was... Well, city. social media. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, the, the reach is long. It's very sad and it's very disturbing. It is. It, it truly is. And, and, um, you can't even go to a Halloween party. You can't even... Um, Mm -hmm. and I just wanted to share my thoughts, but I love listening to you. Well, thank day. you. And and I, you you know what? Your thoughts are all valid. Every one of them, um, every one of them is 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 valid. Um, and and, and I appreciate parents, your call. Parents need to be more held accountable. That's true. That's true. At that young of an age, at that young of an age, they mm -hmm. need to be accountable. Yeah, indeed, indeed. All righty. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Um, uh, anonymous, go ahead. How are you? Tina, mm -hmm. um, one of the concerns I have is that the police said that there were multiple guns found at that party. And yeah, multiple guns, yeah. Multiple guns. And there's only four, there's only two people that was 18, two people that was that were 21. So that tells me that um, there, there, we already know that there are hundreds of guns on the street. But the mentality of that party and the fact that there were so many guns, the adults failed the kids in this instance because they should have they should have had something in place so that guns could not enter that doorway. And then the other thing is I'm concerned because the kid or adult, we don't know if it was a kid or an adult that came in with the ski mask. 
I haven't heard the police say that it was a teenager or it was an adult that came in with the ski mask. I haven't heard that they have any identifying information on the shooter. How do we know that this wasn't just a random act? You know what? 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 what, It's still wrong. The thing of it is, random act. Okay, when you say, how do we know it was if it was a random act? When I say a random act, the reason why I say that is, in some cities when this happened, people have grudges, yes, and they go in and they shoot it up, and and that is bad in itself. But how do we know that the public still is not at risk? Because we don't know who the shooter is. They don't know who the shooter is. We don't even know why he entered in that party. And yeah, it probably was. Um, social media that put it out there. But the other thing is that because they don't have an identity in this instance, and so many people were shot, how do they know that it wasn't just someone who, who found out about the party and then went in there with the purposeful mentality of just shooting it up? That's what I'm saying. Well, I think I think in the interest of public safety, if there was any reason to believe that there was someone um, on the loose, so to speak, and, and presenting a threat or an Im- immediate harm to the public in general that that warning would have gone out. Um, that's part of it. That's part of it, I would think. Now, if, if they feel as if there's a, a shooter uh, that's just running around here randomly shooting up buildings and different things like that, and that uh, there's a threat to the remaining people in the city uh, to public safety, they would be obligated to let us know about that. I'm not sure that that's where their investigation has led so far, but then again, I I don't know. We're getting ready to uh, uh, getting ready to hear from um, a press conference from just a few moments ago. Um, And uh, thank, you know, I want to thank you, Cameron, and thank you, um, Sky, and everybody else that's that's working to get this turned around. I, I, I don't know. I do know that for the most part, generally, uh, if it's believed that there is a threat, an ongoing threat, an imminent threat, uh, that that the community is warned. So, you know, maybe we don't know, but I don't know that they whether they think that or not. I, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. That's all I had to say. Okay. I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Uh-huh. Um, the, um, wow, quite a bit. Quite a bit there. So, um, let me see. Um, I think, um, you know what? Let's let's take a listen to this. But let me, you know, Sky's got it. Getting ready to turn it around. Thank you so very much, Sky. Uh, let's take a quick commercial break, and then when we come back, we'll hear the latest about this particular uh, event. Uh, just in uh, from the chief right after this. Let's get back to the conversation. It's Community Connection with Tina Cosby on Praise AM 1310, 95.1 FM, Indy's Inspiration Station. And we're back with Community Connection. Tina Cosby here. Um, just just moments ago, uh, a press conference wrapped up uh, with the chief of police, uh, the commander of the North District, and uh, uh, deputy chief of, or chief of investigations, I'm sorry, uh, deputy chief Kendall Adams. Uh, all three... Um, uh, spoke just a few moments ago. We're going to hear uh, from each of them for a few moments, um, and uh, we'll after that we'll get back to the shoot. I just wanted to hear uh, and wanted you to hear what the very latest is and what they all had to say. Let's take a listen, Sky. That occurred uh, on North District over the weekend. 
So on October 29th, just after midnight, so Saturday night going into Sunday, IMPD officers were notified via a tip of a underage party with drug use in the 5100 block of East 65th Street. IMPD sergeant arrived to the scene, assessed the scene, and began calling for immediate resources. The IMPD sergeant observed over 100 people at this location. This location is a business park which typically has little to no activity in the evening hours. At that time, there was no indications of ongoing violence. Officers and the sergeant began to stage across the street of this incident and gather additional resources, including contacting our nuisance abatement unit who arrived to the scene. While officers were waiting for additional resources, they heard gunfire across the street at the location. Officers drove their vehicles across the street to the location, exited their vehicles, and began immediately making contact with people. Many people ran up to the officers with injuries. Uh, many people were distraught and uh, in the midst of suffering a lot of trauma. Officers attempted to gather as much information as they could during this incident, and they heard ongoing gunfire just outside of the door. They learned that there was uh, a victim who was ultimately determined to be deceased uh, at the uh, entrance to the building. They formulated a plan and officers immediately went into the, the building. They cleared the building, uh, made contact with a lot of individuals who had barricaded themselves in various rooms and helped them exit the building. Additional officers and medical personnel arrived to the scene at which point uh, medical aid, including uh, applying tourniquets and additional uh, emergency uh, medical techniques were applied to the known victims. There were several victims who were self-transported. There were others who were treated by IMP officers and medical personnel and then transported by ambulance to area hospitals. Uh, in total, uh, we believe there are 10 victims who suffered gunshot wounds during this incident and one of them being deceased. Of those 10 victims, the ages range from approximately 16 years old to 22 years old, six of them being juveniles. We continue to manage the scene in, in cooperation with uh, the Criminal Investigations Unit and the uh, ATF held the scene for a long time to conduct a very thorough investigation. The nuisance abatement unit began to immediately dig into the source of this party, who promoted the party, uh, who allowed the organizers access to this venue, and that those efforts are ongoing. We have analysts, detectives, and many other partners helping us with this. And at this time, pass it to Deputy Chief Adams. Thank you, Commander Thomas. Um, I'd just like to first um, acknowledge the heroic efforts of the officers there at the scene. As you can imagine, this was a very chaotic scene, many victims uh, to deal with uh, that uh, were suffering um, significant injuries. So um, I want to acknowledge that. I also want to acknowledge the families that have been impacted by this violence. Uh, and let me just say, unnecessary violence, uh, it's something that uh, is upset us all as a community, as a police department. Uh, Commander Thomas talked about where we are in the investigation at this point. 
we continue to work with our ATF partners who did rush E-Trace for us to determine the purchases, purchasers of the guns that we recovered at the scene. We recovered six firearms and numerous shell casings, uh, too many to, to count here today. That information will be compared against our NIBIN uh, and all of our ballistic evidence that we're able to uh, help us determine who may have purchased these guns. Um, in addition to that, uh, we work with our nuisance abatement, as Commander Thomas already mentioned. We've identified the promoter, the subleaser, and the owner of... Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Of the, uh, of the building. So um, we've identified those folks and we will continue to try to put forward uh, cases that are relevant to them. Um, and what I mean by that is the promoter. Uh, if he is promoting, he or she is promoting on social media channels, we will do search warrants. Uh, I would tell parents that you need to be very vigilant about what your children are doing on social media because this, um, this party, this unauthorized function, this unauthorized party generated by Snapchat. Uh, I'm not afraid to say that because I think parents need to recognize that. Uh, this was a private Snapchat uh, that was promoted by the promoter and led to hundreds of kids being at an unauthorized location. So again, this is just a reminder to parents that you need to be locked into what your children are doing on social media. Uh, the other thing is you need to be locked into where your children are going. Uh, you need to have some awareness about who they're hanging out with, where they're going, and what their intentions are. Because again, this, this generated from social media. So Snapchat was one and Cash App was the other. Uh, so those will be the two platforms that we're looking at to uh, help us try to build a case uh, potentially against the promoter and subleaser. Um, the Cash App was used to actually take the currency. So they weren't dealing in cash. They were charging people uh, a monetary amount using the Cash App. So we'll be looking at those two social media channels. And again, I'm not afraid to tell you that. I think it's important that parents know that um, as we continue to try to deal with this issue in our community. And then lastly, I'll end with this. We cannot enforce our way out of this. We need parents uh, to step up to the plate, uh, grandparents, others that may be influence you in these children's lives to really make a difference because this is unnecessary. A 16-year-old is dead because of, you know, people were promoting on social media, they show up, and things turn violent. And that's just unacceptable. So um, we'll continue to work this investigation. We have not, uh, at this point, identified a shooter or shooters. We'll continue to work towards that. Last thing I'll say before I turn it over to Chief Taylor is there were several hundred people there. Somebody saw something. Somebody recorded something on their cell phone. Media is getting stories about what occurred, and they're asking us things that we don't even know. 
So I'm begging you to come forward with information. No one deserves to die at 16 years old because they go to a party. And we're going to do everything as a law enforcement agency to do our part. But we need you to do your part. And if your children have something on their device, I encourage you to call us because we need that information. 327-3475. Chief Taylor. I'm not going to say anything different than you've already heard here from uh, the commander and the deputy chief, but we have a 16-year-old family uh, that has lost someone extremely important to them, and there's no way we can bring them back. I've left messages for both the mother and the father. I hope to speak with them later on in the day and give them my condolences, but uh, to help them out any way we can. But I think the thing that we have to do is we have to understand these kind of parties, these incidents occur. And people have got to be held accountable for it. Just like your police department is held accountable for its actions, people are going to have to be held accountable for theirs. This really makes no sense uh, to have this. But I think what's more concerning to me is just what Deputy Chief Adams said. People have information, but they're not sharing it. I've had problems with that for a long time, and I understand that people have fears and concerns and those kind of things, but until you cooperate, until you help us out, uh, it's an uphill battle in order to try to solve these cases. You know, if you're grown enough to go to a party that time of night, and be grown enough to cooperate with the investigation, let us know what you know so we can hold some people accountable for this. There's a lot of things we want to know. We want to know why this, how this party occurred. I think we've got a beat on that. But, you know, the promoters, the people who own the buildings, uh, why was it unsupervised? Where's the security for it? All these are questions that we have and, and people have a right to know. The family of this 16-year-old have a right to know what's going on with that. Parents, I've said this before, you've got to know where your kids are at. If you've got to track them on their phones, if you've got to put a, a tag on them or something, I don't care what you have to do, but do it and know where they're at, know what they're getting involved in. You know kids want to have fun, they're social, I get that. That in of itself is not a problem. However, these incidents late at night that are unauthorized, that are illegal, uh, that's not the place for it. You know, let's be let's be responsible parents. Let's step up and and have a party for if your kid needs a party, have it in your home, and watch it. Let's not have this stuff kind of, this kind of stuff go on. So with that, uh, we'll open it for brief questions. And so there you have it. Uh, just a short time ago, uh, North District Commander Matthew Thomas, uh, Deputy uh, Chief Deputy of Investigations Kendall Adams, and Chief of Police uh, Randall Taylor, um, Commander uh, Commander uh, Thomas uh, gave the details, uh, and Deputy Chief uh, or Chief Adams and Chief Taylor issued the plea. Uh, you heard it, uh, and if you didn't. Uh, this totally, according to what police are saying, and, if, uh, and, and again, this is according to what they're saying right now, uh, 
But it seems to be totally, uh, Chief Taylor said they think they have a beat on it, which means they think they've got that part pretty well um, identified. Social media driven. So 100% social media driven. They're looking at Snapchat and Cash App. They are saying this party was unauthorized, generated totally from social media, Snapchat and Cash App to be specific, uh, according to uh, Chief Kendall Adams. Um, Chief Adams was very clear. Uh, as a police agency, they cannot enforce their way out of this. They need help. Both chiefs pleaded, uh, as did uh, the commander, pleaded with parents for help. And anyone else who was there, uh, they, they called this unnecessary, um, didn't have to happen. They've identified, you know, several firearms. Uh, they've identified the promoter, uh, the subleaser, and the owner of the building where it took place. This was an industrial park, so there was no way, shape, or form that this, uh, this space in this industrial park should have been rented out as a party, and not to mention a party, you know, for underaged um, uh, attendees. And so there you have it. Um, like I said, early reports were that it was probably social media. The chief and the police have basically confirmed that, yes, they strongly believe this was social media. Um, they need help. If you know of anything or know of anybody or seen, you know, just the, the this family of the 16-year-old girl, uh, I can't imagine. We, nobody can imagine uh, unless you've been there. Um, 317-327-3475. 317-327-3475. So there's, um, there's the latest from that. And the, um, the investigation continues. It looks like uh, the bomb squad... Uh, as, at this hour, uh, IMPD bomb squad is out at 71st and Zionsville Road as a result of an investigation. Uh, probably not connected. Who knows what that's in reference to, but uh, that area is, uh, uh, is, is roped off. So if you're in that vicinity uh, and trying to get through around six, between 62nd and 71st and Zionsville, uh, IMPD bomb squad uh, members are responding to reports of an explosive device in a residential uh, neighborhood. Uh, so please stay clear of that. Um, still don't know the latest on that. So uh, that, that's, the, that's the latest from the mass shooting. And um, uh, if, if you can help in any way, shape, or form, please do. Please do. Um, moving on, uh, again, 317-239-1310, 317-239-1310. I took some time out with that one. Uh, just so that you would hear, um, you know, from the from the horse's mouth, so to speak, you would hear uh, exactly what investigators are saying at this hour um, and uh, why they felt it was important to issue the, the plea once again um, for the umpteenth time. More than 100 people there, surely somebody saw something, uh, two social media sites involved, surely uh, somebody knows a little bit more uh, than what they're saying. So let's hope that... Um, Police can get to the bottom. Uh, investigators can get to the bottom of this. Um, on a completely different, uh, uh, well, some other information that, that's come across. Uh, my son asked me about this last night. He came over uh, to the house and he said, have you heard about the, the soccer stadium? It looks like it's, uh, it's going to go ahead. The proposed 20,000-seat um, soccer stadium, uh, it looks like... Um, uh, it looks like it's moving ahead. Um, 
This according to the Axios newsletter, uh, the city's Metropolitan Development Commission this week will consider creating a special district called a professional sports development area, which would help pay for the Keystone Group's Indy 11 anchored mixed-use project along the White River. Uh, Axios goes on to say the city is approaching a July 1st deadline to create the new district. Um, and uh, the professional sports development area will encapsulate property in and around the formal diamond chain company property at 402 Kentucky Avenue. Now, I'm not sure if you recall that or not, but I remember when we were having a discussion regarding the Green Lawn Cemetery uh, along the White River, uh, diamond, um, uh, the, the, the diamond chain company property, uh, and uh, Green Lawn being um, Indianapolis's first public burial ground opened in the 1820s. Um, thousands of African Americans uh, were believed to be buried there, including many Civil War soldiers. So a number of groups got involved, and um, uh, the city... Um, uh, got involved and in, in decided to see what they could do as far as the development, uh, so to help the development move forward while preserving the history, African-American history of, uh, of Green Lawn uh, and so forth. So um, I'm curious as to where all of that is um, right now. Um, let's see. But anyway, it looks like it's a little bit closer uh, the Black Heritage Preservation Program, headed by um, Indiana Landmarks, headed by uh, Eunice Trotter, uh, was involved in negotiations with the city uh, as well as some other groups um, about how they could um, they could figure that out. So, uh, if anybody knows what the latest is on that, let me know. Um, but what I just saw here was that uh, uh, there looks like they're moving ahead. So I don't know how they're going to do it. Uh, but we'll find out. 317-239-1310, Ron, go ahead. How are you? Hello, Tina. And as my buddy Eric would say, happy Monday. Oh, anyway, happy Monday. Tina, uh, because I am the world's second greatest Uber driver, mm -hmm. I see some of everything. So first and foremost, yes, they have been tearing down or working on that uh, 11 Park for probably mm -hmm. Two, three weeks, maybe a month now mm. almost, because I drive by there uh, mm. all the time. Mm. Secondly, Tina, um, 20 years ago or so, when I was the second greatest old school DJ, I used to do under 21 parties at a little spot. We had some people come in. They were unruly. We set them outside. They went across the street, shot back into the club. I carry a bullet in my back from that 20-year experience. Uh, mm. the, the doctor said it would probably be better to leave it in rather mm -hmm. than uh, cause the damage of taking it out. Sorry to hear that. That, that is not the reason for my call. Tina, uh, we had the... Um, They've opened up the polls for early voting. And mm -hmm. once again, as the second greatest Uber driver of all time, I drive a fairly nice car, C6, uh, GMC Acadia. Um, I am willing to give anyone a ride this weekend, Saturday and Sunday, who is struggling or needs a way to get to the polls. All they have to do is call into the show, ask Sky for my phone number, and I will be gladly uh, providing free rides, mostly on the east side because I live in Lawrence. Uh, so anywhere from Lawrence, Irvington, um, Warren, 
be sad. Well, I tell I tell you what. Here's the thing. There's a liability issue that you just outlined there, and we can't we can't as a station. Um, act as a conduit for that but if you want to leave your information where people can contact you right now you can do that on the air but we can't be the conduit for that do you understand, understand. due to liability issues there's just no way we could do that is it okay to give my phone number out if you want yeah that's your choice okay. because I'm, I'm extremely public. I'm extremely open. I okay, that's care. fine. And I'm I just saying we so. cannot be, we can't accommodate that. We can't and, be and, the. And I understand. So I hope people have gotten a moment where they could get a pen or a pencil and mm -hmm. write down my number. Mm -hmm. It is 317-430-3716. And just in the interest of good communication, 317-430-3716. Mm -hmm. Uh, Tina, remind, uh, let me remind people, I am a 66-year-old black man. Uh, I believe myself to be safe. I've had over 10,000 Uber and Lyft rides. I give free rides to people. Go not free rides. I have private rides going to the airport. I try to be a safe driver. I've been a uh, five-star driver for probably seven, eight, nine years. If this will help someone get to the polls on Saturday or Sunday, uh, 317 Four three zero three seven one six. I'll yep. be more than. You know, the other thing you may want to try as well is you may want to contact the election board, uh, Marion County Election Board, and see if they might be able to share that info with wherever it needs to be shared. I, I'm not quite sure. Just, I but understand. yeah, yeah, they they might be able to help as well. But yeah, we we got that. Hopefully, someone was listening, and and that's a very nice offer, very kind offer. Only because you to do that. I call in all the time, mm -hmm. and I think we ought to be able to help one another. So, mm -hmm. you know, this is a, this will be helpful. I know you're interested in people getting to the polls. So am I. I want people to vote, uh, and if you're struggling and need help, three one seven. 430-3716 this Saturday or Sunday. Tina, I'm wishing you all the best, like always. You guys take care. All right. Thank you. Um, yeah. Um, appreciate that. Uh, absolutely. So, um, yeah, by the way, uh, early voting uh, is now underway. Um, I voted this weekend, and I have to tell you, <laughs> I have never seen that much, that large of a crowd. I wanted to talk to, you know, our voter education contributor, Julia Vaughn, is going to be here in a little bit. And I wanted to share with her. But I have to tell you, I went to an early voting site. Um, it was about 1130, about a half hour after the open. I've never seen a line that long since I've been going to that place. Since it was the library, uh, Pike Library. Never seen a line that long ever. Uh, it may have been a 30 to 35 minute. I mean, I, every time I've ever gone in there to vote at an early vote or whatever, it has taken me less than five minutes to, to go in. And this 35 minute, it was so long. Uh, my daughter went with me and, um, she was not able to, because she had, we were going to just, you know, she was going to vote and then I was going to take the baby and then she was going to take the baby and let me, well, we weren't even able to do that because it was so, so crowded. So in so many ways, that was huge. I was, 
I was really, really, really encouraged. Uh, but then, you know what happened, though? I got intrigued. I'm like, well, wait a minute. What's driving this? Is it just that it's the first day of early voting? Uh, is it? I, I, I didn't know because that was just so unusual. Um, and I was talking to some people in line, and uh, most of us that were talking in line, we all agreed and said we'd never seen it that way. There was one woman who kind of chimed in and said, well, I remember several years ago once it was like this. And I'm like, yeah, but in recent history... You're talking maybe, she was talking maybe 10 years ago, but in recent history, you know, these satellite voting sites on, on a Saturday morning or Saturday, it was really morning because it was about 1135, I recall, when we got there. Um, just unbelievable interest in this mayoral municipal election. I loved it. I hope it continues. Uh, the the poll workers were continually, continuously apologizing, and they had, they had a lot of folks working. They had a lot of stations open. It was just the demand was that big, and I should have known that I was in for something when I had to park all the way behind. I mean, I you had to park. A, a, there was no parking. There was nowhere to park. That's how busy it was. Now I didn't go by Sunday. Um, didn't, you know, I haven't been back to see if, if Saturday was just, uh, an aberration or maybe Saturday is the way it's going to be. I hope that that's the way it's going to be all the way out. I hope that there's a lot of folks participating. I hope that there's a lot of people, um, uh, voting because I'm telling you what, that felt good to see that many people. It didn't feel good standing in line over 35 minutes, but it felt good to see that many people. Uh, turning out uh, to vote. And so, uh, wow. I don't know if anybody else voted early at a satellite site and saw that kind of turnout, but um, I can honestly say I did, and it was fantastic. Anyway, uh, got a lot more to share with you, uh, a lot more to talk about. Um, Going to take a quick break right here and be back with more Community Connection right after this. WTOC AM, W236CR, Indianapolis. Keeping you informed with what's happening in and around Indy. It's Community Connection. Brought to you by Child Advocates. Your voice, their future. On Praise AM 1310, 95.1 FM. And we're back with Community Connection. Tina Cosby here. Um, second hour, Community Connection coming up uh, at the bottom of this hour, Julia Vaughn. We're going to be talking about the uh, elections, the upcoming election, uh, one week from tomorrow, uh, and some of the important things you need to know about uh, as far as uh, getting ready. Uh, the countdown begin has begun. You know, we're a week and a day um, away, and as I was saying, um, it looks like, I, you know, I hate to, I would love to say that there's tremendous enthusiasm uh, regarding this particular contest because of what I experienced on Saturday. And I'm, I'm going to say I experienced tremendous enthusiasm, at least in uh, uh, my little corner of the world where I was um, uh, on Saturday at 1130 a.m. Uh, it was standing room only. You could, you could hardly get in. You couldn't find a place to park. You had to stand in line over 35 minutes um, uh, to vote. So there, there, there was uh, enthusiasm and energy. I, I hope that that continues because we need a good turnout. We need a good turnout. So we're going to talk to Julia about that uh, a little bit later. Um, 
also uh, talked about the the soccer stadium uh, downtown along the White River. Uh, it looks like it's it's moving forward, um, despite the fact that uh, there is um, some pushback about unearthing a lot of that ground that was once the site of the Green Lawn Cemetery, uh, uh, first public burial ground uh, that was opened in the 1820s. Um, and uh, African American burial grounds. So uh, again, I gotta I gotta find out what the latest is on that because it seems like the last time I spoke with Eunice, uh, they were trying to work out Eunice with Indiana Landmarks Black Preservation uh, Program uh, that they were the city and uh, the preservationists were trying to work out uh, some sort of a compromise for um, uh, the uh, the archaeological. Uh, and the dig and all the other things, the preservation of what was once uh, Green Lawn and, uh, to, and then allow uh, progress uh, to be, uh, to continue along that way with the, uh, the mixed-use uh, soccer stadium. So uh, when I find out, we'll, uh, I'll, I'll let everyone know a little bit more. Tomorrow, tomorrow is October 31st, Halloween, Halloween. Um, and it's Halloween is becoming really, really interesting. Um, more and more uh, people are finding, you know, alternatives to uh, children trick-or-treating, and that's, that's totally up to you. There are some who still let their kids trick-or-treat. There are some who still trick-or-treat. There are some who still give out candy to trick-or-treaters. Uh, and then there are others who, um, for whatever reasons, have, don't want any part of it, uh, but to keep the kids from feeling left out, um, you know, have parties or trunk or treat or different things along that, that line. And, um, you know, we've always been active in that as well uh, here at the station. So, um, you know, certainly appreciate that. But uh, for those who want to, um, you know, continue the, the regular tradition, the city um, has announced uh, trick-or-treat hours for Halloween uh, and offered up tips for to help trick-or-treaters stay safe as well. So the hours for trick-or-treating here in the city of Indianapolis will be, County of Marion, uh, will be from 6 p.m. tomorrow until 8 p.m. 6 p.m. tomorrow until 8 p.m. Tuesday, October 31st. Um, IMPD is going to have extra patrols and enforcement in neighborhoods during these times to ensure uh, the safety of residents uh, during the Halloween festivities. Um, the city fire departments, as they typically do, um, they're going to host trick-or-treating at all the fire departments, all the fire stations, all 43 fire stations uh, during that same time frame. Because let's face it, there are a number... You know, children live... You know, they live in apartments and condos and things of that nature. Not You know, not all... Some, some communities don't allow it at all. Some communities are not, um, you know, child-friendly, some, you know, whatever. So you know that if you want to go and, and collect, dress up and collect candy, you're always welcome at a, at a fire station as well if there's one near you. Um, again, that's tomorrow evening from 6 until 8 o'clock. Uh, uh, the mayor's office says families are encouraged uh, to review uh, safety tips such as where light-colored clothing, short enough to prevent tripping and add reflective tape, um, wear fire-resistant costumes, uh, make sure that the children can see well through their face mask, although um, I haven't seen a face mask in a long time. 
There, yeah, when I, well, back in 19, nothing, when I was younger, that's all there was, was face mask, face mask. But now, seems like, um, I guess there are some. I just, I just haven't seen a proliferation of masks. You used to see just rows and rows and rows of masks, face masks. Haven't seen a whole lot of them. There are some. Uh, you know, the traditional ones, the Frankensteins and the witches and the, the ghosts and the vampires, those, you know, put over your head. But just the, you know, you know what I'm talking, you guys know what I'm talking about. The plastic ones that had this, the piece of uh, elastic string on the back, one on each side, and you just put it over your head. And um, sometimes they'd snap before the evening was over. But anyway, uh, make sure that the kids can see. Um, don't wear uh, these masks or disguises into businesses. That is not a good idea. Uh, if you are going into a business, uh, check yourself and flip your mask up or take it off or do something. But uh, that makes businesses very uncomfortable. Um, as always, I know this sounds crazy uh, to remind, but the city is saying that adults should accompany young children and children with special needs. Don't let your kids just run free, um, especially the little bitty ones. You've got to be with them. Um, go out in daylight hours if possible or carry a flashlight if you're going to be out uh, after dark. 6 until 8 p.m. Uh, is right there. I mean, 6 o'clock. It starts getting dark, what, around 6.30 or 7? No. So anyway. Uh, and, of course, motorists are reminded to slow down and be aware uh, of your surroundings. And, um, of course, when it comes to the treats that the kids get, always um, inspect and don't uh, accept anything that is not wrapped or sealed. Um, so be sure to examine all the treats before allowing your children to eat them. Uh, and as always, if you see anything specific, spe excuse me, suspicious, see anything suspicious, contact police as soon as possible, 317-327-3811. Uh, of course, if there are any injuries, you, you're encouraged to dial 911. Things to avoid. Props uh, and parts of costumes like toy guns, especially toy guns which can look real. Trouble. Could be trouble. Try to stay away from those. Um, if you are not comfortable with trick-or-treating, of course, they're encouraging you to, you know, perhaps have a party of your own or uh, maybe go to a fire station or, or other places. And, of course, check the weather and have appropriate dress uh, under costumes in the event of uh, cold temperatures. Now. As far as the temperatures, uh, <laughs> tomorrow uh, is ex expected to be a little bit worse than today, if that makes sense. Uh, the forecast for tomorrow evening at this point is for increasing clouds and turning breezy. P.M. wintry mix possible with a high temperature of 42 degrees, so you will definitely want to... Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between.
bundle up the little ones if you are going out and taking them out uh, to trick-or-treat. But again, um, uh, tomorrow's a big night for a lot of folks. And I can honestly say um, at my house, I get a lot of trick-or-treaters. I do. Uh, and um, But we... Uh, we... Um, we turn the lights off at around what seven let's see seven fifty eight or seven fifty nine I shut the lights off, and there's always at that hour too ah that's the hour that the older kids with the uh, pillowcases come out with no mask <laughs> no disc, no costumes or anything uh bigger than than me uh and just holding out the the uh, the pillowcase just just not ring your doorbell and hold out the pillowcase for candy and and, and treats and it's like really they don't even say trick or treat a lot of times so uh if you're answering your door anytime after eight o'clock um uh, to you know do it at your own risk i guess but you know i i tend to not care to entertain the bigger kids that come late um and um just stand at your door and ask for candy so, uh, those are the uh, those are the uh, the guidelines six to eight here in Indianapolis and Marion County. Please be careful, uh, and please uh, make sure that um, uh, there, there's a lot of places. There's a lot of places that are having uh, Halloween um, uh, parties. Uh, so you know, just just check your listings, and um, we'll see uh, what all we have. Uh, 317-239-1310, 317-239-1310. Um, the Indianapolis Colts, I watched the ball game. There was, yesterday was one of the first times, and Danny Bridges is going to be here uh, with us uh, tomorrow uh, once again because on Thursday we are going to be out at George's. Uh, we're going to be live at George's Restaurant out there on Benford Boulevard with our uh, annual Moselle Sanders fundraising luncheon. Uh, so uh, we're just we're just going to be doing live, uh, just a live show. We're going to have a good time, uh, but we won't have our regular sports uh, segment and just our regular our regular show on Thursday. So, quick programming note there as well. But. Um, uh, what I was saying was, because Danny is coming tomorrow, I was going to talk Colts with Danny tomorrow, but um, it's, I don't know. I don't know. It's its interesting uh, how close they've be, been coming and then, you know, kind of just fall apart. But Danny will know more. I, I think the defense uh, is desperately in need of some help. Uh, but... An area where Danny, yeah, I don't know if we disagree, uh, but Danny seems to think he's going nowhere. I think he should have gone somewhere a long time ago, and I really do believe that the the general manager may have, uh, you know, he just may have run his course. He, it may be time to move on to something else because what's what's taking place doesn't seem to be working. And I know our quarterback is injured. Um, a lot of other things are are at play, and such is life in the NFL because injuries and things like that happen so you have to be ready but i i, I just we just like to see them start to win something uh, a little sooner so uh we're going to um we're going to be talking about that tomorrow and again programming note um the uh moselle sanders annual thanksgiving 
uh, Day fundraising luncheon is coming up this Thursday, uh, November the 2nd from uh, 11 a.m. until 2 p.m. Uh, Community Connection will be live. We'll be live out there. Uh, and, uh, again, hopefully we're going to have a good time. I know we will. Why did I say hopefully? I saw um, Stephanie Sanders at our uh, Pastors Appreciation Luncheon last week. And she is very excited about uh, the new location. Um, you may recall for a number of years we held the uh, the Moselle Sanders Thanksgiving Day uh, Luncheon. And it was hosted so eloquently uh, by our dear esteemed uh, and long and since past colleague uh, Amos Brown used to host that. Uh, so uh, uh, and it would always it was always at the Outback Steakhouse or the Outback. Uh, and uh, Amos did a good job. Um, the other thing about this was that uh, a lot of times um, because of the timing and when it was held, sometimes it would fall around election time. So a lot of uh, a lot of politicians uh, would be out there as well. So hopefully we'll see, uh, you know, both candidates for mayor out there, and we'll hear from them. Uh, we certainly want to have them on our show, uh, as well as some of our uh, council members. Uh, it's a very short ballot, by the way, when you go to vote. Very short ballot. Uh, <laughs> mine, James and I were talking about it. Uh, mine had uh, the mayoral, um, yeah, the mayoral election and your city county council. Uh, and that was it for mine. Now, different areas and different precincts may have a little bit more, but that's that's all mine had. Didn't take very long. Uh, so there was that. 317-239-1310. Uh, 317-239-1310. Uh, th this statement, uh, I don't know. This was kind of a social media thing as well. Uh, but the... Um, Looks like the Center Township Trustee's Office has, has issued a statement about uh, a news story and some video that went uh, went viral or went around about a, a constable uh, who uh, was having words um, uh, with a deputy, uh, and you know, blah blah blah. Things got you know one one thing led to another, and uh, there you know, so social media took off again. But anyway, here's the following statement that may be attributed to the Center Township Trustee Ladonna Freeman, uh, and it reads: This morning, the Center Township Constable came into the Julia Carson Government Center and detained. Uh, a township employee and a court employee for doing their jobs. We are confident that neither employee violated the law and is our understanding that the jail declined to accept them. They were returned to work where they continue serving Center Township residents with professionalism and integrity. Uh, please direct any inquiries to the Center Township Trustee's Office via the holiday. Okay. So it looks like... Um, uh, and detained a township employee in a court... Of, oh, my goodness. Okay. Okay, this this one's gotten uh, gotten a little bit more complicated than what uh, what we know. So let me find out a little bit more about that one. This just came to me. So there's that three one seven two three nine thirteen ten. Julia Vaughn again, like I was saying, our um, uh, voter education contributor uh, is going to be talking um, a little bit about the voting. Now, the reminder for for everyone. Um, we now that the 28th has come the 28th was saturday and uh right now in marion county early voting um of course is available at the city county building which it has been for the past couple of weeks that's located at 200 east washington street um but now eight additional sites um are available uh from 11 a.m until 6 p.m 
through Monday, November 6th. But again, um, downtown remains. You know, downtown is, is if you want to head downtown. Uh, the eight sites, let me get them for you. The eight sites, I had them. James laughs at me because I always have them right here. Um, the eight sites here in Marion County that were added as of Saturday, early voting. Uh, Indianapolis City County Building, of course, is open during the entire time span of early voting. Following locations are open October 28th through November 5th. These are the locations that are now open from Saturday through November 5th. You can visit vote.indy.gov for the hours at each site, but each site is going to be open now through November 5th, okay? Here we go. Decatur Township Government Center, 5410 South High School Road. Franklin Township Government Center, 6231 South Arlington Avenue. MSD Lawrence Education and Community Center, 6501 Sunnyside Road. Perry Township Government Center, 4925 Shelby Street. Pike Library Branch, 6525 North Zionsville Road. St. Luke's United Methodist Church, 100 West 86th Street. Thatcher Park Community Center, 4649 West Vermont Street, and the Warren Township Government Center, 501 North Post Road. Uh, if you want to know about early voting in Hamilton, Hendricks, Boone, uh, Johnson, and Hancock counties, um, you can go to their respective websites. Hamilton County is HamiltonCountyIN.gov. Hendricks County is CO. Dot Hendricks dot in dot US. Johnson County is CO dot Johnson dot in dot US. Boone County is Boone County, all one word dot in dot gov. Hancock County is Hancock in dot gov. So those are the surrounding counties. Uh, if you can't remember each of those, just go to vote dot um, indianavoters.in.gov, indianavoters.in. Speaking of voters, did you all hear, I'm sure you did, uh, that your former governor and uh, former vice president of the United States and now former candidate for president, Mike Pence, has dropped out of the race for president? He's suspending his campaign. Mike Pence no longer running for president of the United States. So what I was told this morning, I haven't read that or haven't seen it, but after all of the ugly, <laughs> um, uh, Donald Trump is saying that Pence uh, should throw his support behind him. <laughs> you know, the man that was going to have him hanged in the, you know, hang, hang Mike Pence. Yeah, uh, you are running against me. Now you should, uh, you should uh, throw your support behind me. So no word yet on whether or not Pence is going to do it. I have no idea. I have no idea. But. Uh, is anybody surprised that Mike Pence had to drop out of the race? I'm not. Um, interesting. I think they're all going to have to drop out sooner or later. Sooner or later, they're all going to have to drop out. Uh, for the GOP nomination, that is. So there's that. But, um, anyhow, let's take a, uh, quick break here, um, and we'll just do a quick recap before um, before Julia Vaughn um, arrives uh, to give us the latest on voting and what we all need to know. We'll be right back right after this. 
Let's get back to the conversation. It's Community Connection with Tina Cosby on Praise AM 1310, 95.1 FM, Indy's Inspiration Station. And we're back with Community Connection. Um, a public safety alert here uh, that um, police have just put out. Um, and that is that they are searching for an escaped prisoner last seen on the south side of Indianapolis. Um, so is this getting to be a trend or is it just my imagination? But anyway, uh, this one, Edinburgh, Indiana, um, a man serving a 20-year prison sentence uh, is on the run and last seen in Indianapolis after escaping from custody at the Edinburgh Correctional Facility. Uh, his name is Marion Janes, uh, reportedly uh, out with a work crew from the Edinburgh Correctional Facility when he escaped custody. Uh, this, according to the Indiana Department of Correction. Uh, Janes was last seen driving 2006 Blue Dodge Dakota with license plate number... TK699MLU. Uh, this was just before 11 today. Today is Monday. Yeah, 11 a.m. Uh, that's near Harding and Lambert Streets in Indianapolis. Um, investigators say he should not be approached. Uh, if spotted, call police immediately. Again, uh, this man was serving a 20-year sentence for burglary and was at the Edinburgh Correctional Facility, which is a minimum security facility. Seems like that's a lot of time on somebody to be in a minimum security facility. I always thought minimum security was five years or less, but uh, I don't know. 20 years, is that, that's, that's quite a bit of time, unless he only has uh, a little bit left on his sentence. Anyway, uh, anyway, the, uh, the, um, the facility is uh, on the grounds of Camp Atterbury, uh, and uh, I guess work crews uh, work in multiple areas. Um, uh, the Department of Correction did not say where he was working when he allegedly, it looks like he just walked away from his work crew and escaped. Uh, IDLC, Indiana Department of Correction, also did not clarify as he was under the watch of guards at the time of his escape. Now, they did not give a description, they, but they did post a picture, so I will give one to you. Um, he is a white male, uh, again, 55 years old. Is I think that's what a, the report says. Uh, mustache and a beard, uh, gray. Uh, tattooed head design, white male with a head design. The head is kind of bald, and he's got a tattoo design on his head, and then uh, looks like something around his neck from this picture. Um and uh, I, I don't know his physical description. Let me look and see if there's another one. So, uh, but he is not to be approached. And again, was last seen on the south side around Harding. Uh, wow. Um, okay. Uh, here we go. Uh, does it say large, small, tall, short? No. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, there's that. Uh, the other the other news that we, we told you about a little bit ago was there was a bomb squad um, in a residential neighborhood uh, near 71st in Zionsville. I, ironically, that is where uh, the uh, Pike Township Library early voting site is. Um, 
right there, right off 71st in Zionsville, although this is apparently 62nd something in Zionsville. So anyway, don't go in that area. I don't know if the school has been locked down, I would assume. Uh, we'll find out. Also uh, found out that the uh, United Auto Workers um, uh, GM seems to uh, be the last of the big three to fall in line with the union or to, to come to an agreement uh, with the union. Stellantis and Ford apparently uh, came to terms uh, over the weekend. Uh, GM apparently came to terms mid to late morning. And so it would appear uh, as if the uh, auto worker strike is drawing to uh, a close. Uh, the other news that we heard about, um, Mike Pence, former governor of the state of Indiana, former vice president of the United States of America, uh, and recent candidate for president of the United States of America, has dropped out of the race. Um, that information came over the weekend as well, so you probably already knew about that. Uh, so... Um, I don't know what uh, Pence is going to do. Not sure who he's going to throw his support behind. Again, I got a call this morning um, uh, from someone saying that they had heard that Trump wanted Pence's support. Uh, prisoner who officials say was like, okay, here we go. I was looking for more of a, it says he was last seen driving a Dodge, a blue, a 2006 blue Dodge Dakota. Uh... Yeah, I'm trying to. He says he's 55 years old, and the VA just called 911. It's not saying what he looks like. I mean, I gave you a description as best I could. Like he said, full beard, full mustache, uh, kind of graying, um, and uh, some kind of a tattoo design on the top of his head. Anyway, uh, I don't even know what that design is. Uh, but his head is bald, and he's got a tattoo design on the top of his bald head. Don't approach him if you see him. Um, just walked away. Uh, so there we go. There that is. Anyhow, um, so we are about to go into our voter uh, education uh, segment, which we, we are doing um, all the way up until Election Day. Uh, and our voter education contributor, Julia Vaughn, uh, I do believe is with us and uh, will be joining us just momentarily. And uh, Julia had, uh, as always, has quite a, quite a bit of good information. Uh. Julia, are you there? I am here. Um, wow. A lot of uh, breaking stuff taking place. Wow. From the, from the, uh, from the update to the, uh, the mass shooting over the weekend to... Um, the United Auto Workers, and now the prisoner walking away from a work crew. Um, eh. But back to politics. Back to politics. Yeah. yeah, so. yeah. Got an uh, election coming up in a week. Yes, day. we do. And I, I've shared this. Uh, I don't know if you listened earlier, but if not, I'll share it again. I'm happy to share it. This is something I love to share. Uh, but I went to early vote uh, Saturday. My daughter and I went together, and... Uh, I have never seen a line that long in my life. Really? It took yes, me, you know, it took where, me where a long time. Huh? Where did you go? Well, this time I went to uh, the Pike Township Library uh, over there on 71st and Zionsville Road. And I typically, you know, when I'm going to vote early or whatever, and if I'm in that area, I'll just, just swing in there because it's quick. Right. Um, you know, it's never 
you know, it's never empty, but it's quick. I didn't even take my phone in, Julia. That's how. But I should have known when I couldn't find a place to park that it was going to be more than a minute. Uh, it was more like 35 minutes, uh, maybe a little bit longer uh, to get through the line. And, again, the, the workers were apologizing. They were very entertaining. They were very kind, very polite. And they had full capacity there. I mean, they had all kinds of stations uh, set up, and they had a bun- you know, an abundance of workers. It was just that the demand was just that great for the vote. I don't know what that was. I don't know if, it, and because the, 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 the library opened for early voting at 11, and I think they got there at like 11.35 or so. Huh. Um, and um, I, I've never seen it like that. I don't know how the other uh, early vote centers that opened in Marion County on Saturday. I don't know how they were, but um, this one was off the chain. It was just unbelievable. unbelievable. That's interesting. Yeah, I actually went out. I was delivering election protection yard signs. I'd taken some out Friday afternoon before early mm-hmm. voting started. Uh-huh. And then I went out to Lawrence Township and Warren Township on Saturday. Uh-huh. And I was struck. I didn't see a line, but there were definitely a bunch of cars at Lawrence, more than I kind of expected. Mm -hmm. Didn't see a whole lot of activity over in Warren Township. Uh But I I thought it was interesting. One of the things I thought might be be contributing to it in Lawrence is I think they've got a pretty heated mayor's race out there. They don't vote for the mayor of Indianapolis. So, um, yeah, that's interesting. I, you know, I think a lot of it is this demand for early voting. And uh-huh. here in Indy, it seems like to me, the mayor's race has been going on forever. Right. I mean, you know, we had all of the uh, commercials during the Republican primary, and that has not let up at all. No. So uh, I, some of it is I think people kind of just get sick of it. Yeah. And they think, okay. I'm going to go, I'm going to cast my ballot, and then I just can tune all of this out uh, from now until Election Day. And, you know, absolutely, that's one of the things I wanted to talk about is the money that is being spent Mm -hmm. on the mayor's race this year. I mean, shattering all previous records. Mm -hmm. Um, We're looking at a combined total of $20.7 million. Yeah. Being spent on the race for being mayor. That's what I heard. Nearly $21 million raised and spent on the mayor's race. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Oh. Uh, 
Yeah. Um, and it's unusual. And, you know, what's unusual this year is you usually see the incumbent far outspending a challenger, uh-huh. but not what's happening here. And, of course, it's because we've got Shreve, the Republican candidate, who is self-funding right. most of his campaign. I mean, the guy's incredibly wealthy, uh, apparently sold his business last year for $590 million, mm-hmm. and he's willing to spend, um, so far he's given his campaign $13.5 million. Oh, wow. That, that is 93% his own money. Right. It, that he wrote as a loan, correct? Yeah, as a loan. So, yeah, you so know, he. Expect, so, a lot of that gets written off. Yeah, you know, well, I and, bet. And, but, you know, it just always makes me mm. wonder. I don't know. If I was a millionaire, I don't think that's what I'd spend my money on. I, I just don't. Well, so depending don't, on how much of a millionaire you are, it comes right back. I, I, I mean, interest, right? I but I the, guess, the, the thing know. of it is that he hasn't outraised Hogsett. Right. Hoxett has right. raised like three, four times more money. He's just giving himself that much money, which is forcing Hoxett to spend. Uh, right. So, yeah, uh, Hoxett has raised six point two million, and you know he's not a wealthy guy. He doesn't mm-hmm. have millions of dollars no. in the bank. So Shreve's raised what about out. two? Yeah, Shreve's raised about. I said Shreve has raised about what two million? Raised uh, only? Well, he about. Uh, let's. I'm not good at math. I'm not either. 0.5, and he's raised 14.46. So, I mean, he's gotten a few really big checks. Uh, You Mm. know, the former CEO of Lilly, uh, who I noticed had a full-page ad in the Indy Star Mm. on Sunday, which, of course, is not cheap. Um, uh, encouraging people to vote for Shreve. So, you know, this this is really going to make it a much tighter race. I mean, money makes a difference. It really and, does. Uh, it really does. So he, yeah. I, I didn't think that he, I thought Hawk said it raised more, but Shreve has spent more. No, um, you know, he's going to um, outraise and out. Well, you know, yes, because he's self-funding. About half, yeah. He's self-funding, But, yeah, you know, that does raise questions Mm. as to the breadth of his support in the community. Um, You know, is this just guy a rich, is this just another story of a rich guy trying to buy himself public office with, you know, no real support from the community? Um, so, you know, it, it's going to make this race much tighter, though. I mean, you know, the Indianapolis mayor's race, the past two elections have been pretty sleepy affairs. Uh, but this is going to tighten things up. I mean, Democrats clearly have a big advantage in Marion County these days. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, millions and millions of dollars can absolutely close that gap. And the other thing that I think is really interesting about the mayor's race this year is how it's so much about issues that really don't have anything to do with the mayor's office. You know, we've seen commercial (laughs) after commercial about crime. And, you know, I do think that polls have shown nationally, not just in Indiana, not just in Indianapolis, but voters all over are very anxious about crime. Mm -hmm. And certainly, you know, there is way too much violent crime in Indianapolis. There are way too many guns on the street of Indianapolis. 
So, um, you know, but but is that is there much that the mayor can do about that? Mm. So um, very interesting to me that these national issues and state issues have crept into a local election. And the Mm. other issue that I think, you know, is is could hurt uh, the incumbent mayor is uh, certainly in the black community. I mean, he needs the black community to come out and vote. And um, there have been all of these shootings uh, of black folks by the police. And so there is certainly a lot of, I think, concern there. And I'm not suggesting that that would make folks vote for Shreve, but it could cause people to stay home. And just say, you know, I don't like either of these two. I'm just not happy Mm -hmm. with the way things are going here in my city, and I'm just going to sit this one out. Um, This is one of those elections when the mayor really has to activate his base, and uh, black voters in Indianapolis are a big part of the Democratic base. Yeah, absolutely. And um, with... uh you know, with the polls, my my understanding is that uh, the mayor has a lead over Shreve. Uh, I guess I, I don't even remember. I think it's upwards of almost ten. Have you seen that poll? Yeah, what I what I saw from uh, a couple of weeks ago, I mm-hmm. think it was the Indy Politics poll um, that had about a ten percentage ten, point yeah. lead. But what was interesting was. Still a significant number, I think about 16% of folks undecided mm-hmm, this mm-hmm. late in the election. Mm-hmm. So, uh, again, I, you know, Democrats really clearly have an advantage yeah. here, but um, uh, going to be mm-hmm. closer than I think a lot of folks expected early on. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with out- you more, though, about the fact that... Um, uh, even though in the, in a poll, Hogsett may be comfortably, I guess, you call it a 10-point lead, comfortably ahead. Uh, that's A poll is a preference. Uh, a poll is not an indicator of voter turnout. So you still have uh, the task of getting people to the polls to vote for you. Um, what they tell you, their preferences, is not the same as going out and pulling or pushing or or touch screening, <laughs> you know, uh, your choice, and that's uh, you know that that's the thing I think for both candidates they got to turn it out, they got to turn out the vote because you're right, it, it could be closer than the polls indicate. Yeah, and you know, here in the last few days uh, before the election, always got to be wary about misinformation and rumors oh, yeah. that you know can can get going. I mean, thought it was really interesting a couple weeks ago up in Carmel, uh, where that's a very interesting mayor's race too. You know, the first mayor's race they've had there ever, I think, you know, where it was actually competitive between a Republican and a Democrat. And there were these uh, emails that went out purporting to be from some Democratic organization to voters in Hamilton County uh, saying, hey, come to a rally for Hamas. What? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I heard about that. I heard about that. I heard about that. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, and it was not at all from any Democratic organization. Yeah. They 
they kind of, you know, Republicans, the uh, um, organization up there, the county organization, denied having anything to do with it. But, you know, they were able to kind of forensically trace it back mm-hmm. to a group with Republican origins. In Hamilton County, so, yeah. Yeah, you know, that, that's the kind of shenanigans that you got to worry about when you've got these very hotly contested races that are about these really emotional issues. So, mm-hmm. and, you know, like you said, there's just crazy stuff going on in the world today. Um, which impacts voters, you know, they just, you'd never kind of know what to expect when you wake up in the morning. So when you got 16% of your electorate that says, I don't know how I'm going to vote for the top race on the ticket this year, uh, I think everybody who's on the ballot should be a little bit worried. A little bit, absolutely. You know what, I want to circle back to a point you were making about the Lawrence mayor's race, a hotly contested Lawrence, of course, being in Marion County. Now, they, Marion County resident, you know, if you live in Indianapolis, like if you live in Center Township or Pike Township or whatever, you cannot vote for the mayor of Lawrence Township. Only Lawrence residents can vote for the mayor of Lawrence. But Lawrence residents can vote for the mayor of the city of Indianapolis, correct? No, I'm not sure about that. Certainly, they vote for their representative. Yeah, I, I on, think it's on a city council, but I don't know if they get a double choice. I, I'm, uh, I'm almost sure Dion, uh, Dion, uh, our uh, GM Levingston, his brother. Uh, lives in Lawrence, and his brother gets to vote for the mayor of Indianapolis, but Dion, who lives in, you know, he lives here. I mean, I I can't remember what township he lives in, but he cannot vote for uh, the the mayor of his brother's township. Uh, and that's well, a, that's the a result. City of Lawrence, you know, city of Lawrence yeah. City, of, city Lawrence, of Lawrence, and then there's Lawrence Township. So there are folks who live in Lawrence Township who don't live in the city of Lawrence, and so therefore wouldn't be able to vote for the mayor of Lawrence. They so. wouldn't be able to vote for Okay, because he was saying that it was a result of Unigov and the way that Unigov divided things up, that right. yeah, there are yeah, certain, there okay, are, city yeah, and in the township I had. Okay. I mean, yeah, unincorporated Unincorporated city, area, okay. Yeah, within the confines of Marion County, and so they have their own governments, you know. Um, Southport's well, one of them, Beach Grove. So which uh, ones can double dip then, Julia? Because that's well, what I don't was think saying. they can. It's 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 the difference between the township and the city, and um, I, I you know if you live within the confines of the the city of Lawrence, then you'd only have one vote for um, the mayor, and then if you're in the township. Uh, not the city of Lawrence, you'd be voting for the mayor of Indianapolis since you live in Indianapolis. I thought, okay, I, let me let me go back to him and talk about it. Uh, somebody's probably texting me now because <laughs> I, I, I probably <laughs> no, got I it all twisted up. I, I, could, it up. I could be wrong, but um, my, my sense is because they have their mm-hmm. own separate, not just mayor, but, you know, city uh, government or city council or town board, um, that it would be double-dipping to, you know, um, yeah. this wouldn't be eligible to vote for the mayor of Indianapolis mm-hmm. Yeah, you're, you're subject to the rules of Lawrence. Okay, here we go. Uh, 
I am told I have it correct. No, anyone who lives in Marion County can vote for the mayor of Indianapolis because he is in charge of the county. Um, That's true because of Unigov. Because of Unigov. Yep. And Dion has been... Huh? Of the unit gov. That's yeah, what I, mean, I that's what I was thinking. Yep. Yep. You got me. You got me. No, 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 not trying to get anybody. I was just trying to <laughs> I was just trying to clear the cobwebs because No, it uh, is it's it's confusing here. Right? It is, so but it gov, it's it seems uneven. Unigov has made it very uneven. A lot of things out and yeah. and then um included a lot of things that are interesting. Yeah. Okay. Um so yeah, it was you know, that's what happens when you do things with all period motives, but well, there we won't go back into the ancient no. history of that. No. Reverend Alexander, uh, go ahead. The election? Well, good afternoon, Tina and uh, Miss Vaughn. Hey, uh, Julia, I wanted you to speak to the um, fact that we now have an open judge position that um, is going to be needed to be filled because of the retirement of Heather Welch uh, in February. And I wanted you to speak to, because since Marion County doesn't elect their own judges now, how best can the community get involved and make sure that at least there are uh, community-minded candidates, nominees that are put forth, since this is the only way that we actually have any input on who our judge can be? Yeah, thank you for that question, Tony. That's a good one and and one that often doesn't get enough public awareness. Um, You're right. uh, Here in Marion County and in a few other counties, we've got a judicial nominating commission that selects our judges. And so I think the best way that citizens can have an impact is look in our community and think who would be good candidates and encourage them to, uh, you know, throw their hat in the ring. Um, The commission is required under state law to consider things um, like experience, like demographics, like um, um, encouragement to have a a balanced racial composition on the bench in the county. So if you've got people who you think would be good community-minded judges, now's the time to make them aware that this vacancy is going to be open and of the process that there exists to fill it and, um, you know, make sure that the Judicial Nominating Commission has a good pool of um, nominees to make their selection from. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Russell, you'll be the last caller. (laughs) All right, ladies. How are you? Trying to make it. Rolling with the punches. Aren't we? But but, uh, uh, one thing I know uh, you both hail from the Madison, Indiana area, and on the program Saturday, Who's your history live? They spotlighted Madison. I don't know if you had a chance to to hear that. But, I did uh, not. I did not tell me about what happened. Well, they just usually like they have what they call a road tripper, and they oh, go okay. to a specific area and they talk about it. So mm-hmm. it, was, it was interesting. But what I called about uh, today was I'm so happy from a historical point of view to see all the excitement about the elections, you know, uh, and mm-hmm. the money being spent. You know, uh, you see what's going on uh, in the Middle East, you know, and if we can use ballots instead of bullets, that's great in terms of, you know, because you got uh, 
so many people, you got different points of view, and the ballot is the way they do it. I think it was uh, uh, Benjamin Franklin that uh, commented about uh, you have a republic if you can keep it when they finish the uh, constitutional uh, uh, situation in Philadelphia. And so I'm just very happy to see all the excitement about the people wanting to vote and that kind of thing. Uh, A lot of us worked hard back in the 70s, you know, like when Unigirl came on the scene to try to put our our viewpoints uh, at our a uh, little bit into the mix, and it's really great to see the, that people are really excited and really getting involved in the political process. And also, in terms of your question about the different, like Lawrence, uh, mm-hmm. Beach Grove, and Speedway, uh, mm-hmm. you know, they can vote for the mayor of Indianapolis. We can't vote for their mayor. Yeah, Indianapolis. yeah, that's that's what yeah. I understood it to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's like a comp- compromise because in order to get you know the pass, they had to make that compromise. Uh, with the legislature, so to speak, mm. and uh, that's what happened. But by people really getting interested and involved, and uh, you know, when people focus on something, uh, it's my belief that they will solve problems. And I think with the more people getting involved and excited about it, we have the chance to change some of these things that are kind of unfair uh, to, uh, I guess, us in the Indianapolis and some of the big urban areas. Mm-hmm. Uh, that the legislators come down with. So uh, it's great that um, people are getting involved, and I hope it continues. Indeed, we all do, Mr. Russell. Thank you for your call. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you. Um, and so, Julia, let us hope. <laughs> let us move forward in hope uh, that this enthusiasm, uh, it, which is unusual, I mean, uh, for a municipal slash off year election, uh, I just I just found it unusual. I'm glad, but I just I hope it continues. Oh, absolutely. So yeah, you know we we as you know the caller said, it, it, this is the way in a democracy that we are supposed to uh, take issues to the public and mm. let them have their say. And you know, hopefully, the leaders selected. Will continue to listen to the people who elected them. So, uh, yeah, it's nice to see we've had just horrible turnout in previous municipal mm-hmm. elections. So let's hope it continues. continues. One last thing, wanted to remind folks of the election protection hotline. Yes, it's available to anybody who's got a question or problem voting in the election this year. It is 866-HOUR-VOTE, and that translates to 866-687-8683. There are trained volunteers on the end of that telephone line can answer questions uh, and can hook you up with some legal help if you have any problems casting your ballot this year. Yeah. Uh, when I was uh, voting, there was it, the woman wasn't having a problem casting her ballot. It's just the machine was not reading her driver's license. Mm. Uh, it threw them into a quandary. But um, uh, would, would that have been an issue for 866-hour vote? 
I don't know. Mm. Uh, could have been possibly if they couldn't solve the issue okay. and mm-hmm. didn't give her the option of casting a provisional ballot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you always have the option, not always the greatest option, but, you know, if for some reason you've got a technical issue or something happens, uh, you always have the right to ask for a provisional ballot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so certainly in this case, um, she could have called and, you know, asked. Um, what her rights were uh, under those circumstances. But, yeah, it's just a great resource uh, for questions and concerns. And another way to, you know, if you see something at the polling place that you think isn't quite right. You know, unfortunately, as I said earlier, you know, there's always the potential for dirty tricks. There's always the potential for folks trying to intimidate certain voters to make an unfriendly uh, atmosphere at the polling places. I mean, you know, here in Indiana, it's legal to carry a gun in to hmm. the, the place where you vote, unless it's a church or a school, someplace that says, no, absolutely no guns here. Um, but, you know, in, in many of our voting locations, um, that happens, and it makes people uneasy. Uh, so, you know, you can call 866-HOUR-VOTE uh, to report anything that concerns you that you mm-hmm. think might be an effort to intimidate or harass voters. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, unfortunately, those are problems that we see increasing across the state and across the country. You know, I'm curious. I think I'm going to look it up to see if anyone has ever been prosecuted in uh, Georgia uh, for the violation of the food-slash-water uh provision to voters who are standing in line. Have you heard of anything, anyone being I, I haven't. And, you know, that? they struck down parts of that law. I'm not sure if that was one of them. It certainly should have been if it wasn't. But, um, <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, thankfully we don't have to worry about that kind of craziness mm-hmm. here in Indiana, but Lord knows the legislature has put up enough hurdles for voters. <laughs> uh, you know, lots of folks get tripped up, so again, just remember that 866-HOUR-VOTE telephone. You can text them uh, with questions as well. All righty, Julia, thank you so very much, and we'll talk with you next week. All right. Take All right. care now. You too. And that's all the time we have for right now. We'll be back tomorrow. Until then, be safe, be well. I'm Tina Cosby, and this is Community Connection. Willie Moore Jr. is up next. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time.